0: What's up? How you guys doing tonight? Good? Sweet. I hope you guys can see that. If you can't see that, find a spot where you can see that because that'll be important for later as I write some stuff on the on the board here. And uh, man, I'm just saying, like, I just kind of feel like we're a little spread out. Can we get a little more intimate with each other? Like, how about we come a little closer? Is there any way that like we can just like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like we can just kind of, you guys back here, just kind of, can we just kind of fill in right here and just kind of, let's just get tight. You know what I'm saying? I mean, y'all. Let's do it. Let's get let's get close to each other, man. We're this is about this is about building relationships, and and uh, man, I just I like seeing y'all's pretty faces when they're close to me. Oh yeah, I like it. Yes. Get where you can see the screen too. Um, if you got your Bibles while we're doing that, you can open up to Matthew chapter one, and uh, we're 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 gonna be there in a second. And um, Christmas who's excited yes I'm, I'm excited i'll be honest with you i, I remember like growing up christmas was always a special time you know, where we would like spend with family, and I remember we'd go to my grandmother's house on, on Christmas Eve, and we would always like eat over at her house, and she was always make just the like, the just, ugh. anybody got a grandmother that just can stry- freaking throw down in the kitchen, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that was my grandma, she'd make all this food, and we would just, and we'd just dig in and, and eat all this food, and, and she would, I mean, I'm telling you, man, like Christmas Eve with my grandma, she spoiled us, like we, it was like, it was bigger than Christmas morning, and so we loved going to her house, man, but this is the thing I didn't like about about my grandmother, she would buy us all the same gifts, right? So like we, my brother and I, we would try to look for boxes that were the same size and open them up at the same time because she didn't want one of us to feel left out if one got something that the old one really wanted, so she got us all the same thing. And then Christmas morning, we would get up and we would open up presents and we would have breakfast and our family would come over and it was like this really like just cool, cool time with each other. And I remember there were some Christmases, some unique Christmases where like, you just knew that you were going to get something big for christmas anybody ever had one of those christmases you know what i'm saying maybe maybe yeah kind of, kind of big Dude, I remember there was a few Christmases where I knew I was gonna get something big for Christmas, and and I remember like I remember as we would kind of go down, and my parents, you know, they would never let us on Uh, Santa Claus. We never, you never let, we would never know what Santa Claus was gonna put bring and put under the tree. And so what would happen is, is that we would go and and we would just like, and it was like the anticipation of leading up to that moment when we would get to open up our stuff on on Christmas morning was just like like eating away at us, you know. And if we knew like, man, there's this potential. So we're gonna get this big gift. It was like, man, just the anticipation. When we were like, dude, just hurry up! And it's like every single day just seemed like an eternity. You know when you really want something and it just seems like forever to you. Know what I'm talking about. Any anybody here like 15 years old and you're headed towards like getting your license or whatever. Dude, I'm telling you, like, the longest year of a teenager's life is 15 years old. You know, it's like, man, will 16 ever get here? I just want a car, you know? Like, I just want freedom. I just want to get out. And so what happened was is that here I am, uh, here I am about 15 years old, and all of my friends had four-wheelers, and they would go out riding all the time and all this kind of stuff. And man I felt left out. Me and my brother felt left out. We wanted a four-wheeler so bad. But four-wheelers are expensive. And we had a specific four-wheeler we wanted. We wanted an electric shift Rancher 350. That's what we wanted. And it was going to be awesome. I mean it was like Blaze Hunter orange like real redneck, you know. And uh cuz we're rednecks. Anyways, and so uh and so man we wanted this thing so bad. And we would, and my, my my parents were like, "Well, I'm not, you know, can't really tell you what's going to happen. Can't really tell." You. And my brother and I asked all we asked for. My mom would be like, "What do you want for Christmas?" Rancher ES, man. 350. 50. That's all we want. That's all we want. That's all we want. And so we kept asking for this, and we kept asking for this, and, and my brother and I, we were like, dude, we're combining our gifts, man. And my brother's birthday is December 29th. Any December tw- any December birthdays in here? Yeah, and my brother's birthday is December 29th, which is not we're going to bowl it, Anyways, and uh, just a plug for that. And, uh, and, so, and so he's like, man, I'll throw my birthday gift in there as well. The money you're going to spend on my birthday, you know, do that too, and all this kind of stuff. And man, it was like every single day getting closer and closer to Christmas is all this anticipation. And then Christmas Day, Christmas morning, like 5 o'clock in the morning, we wake up. Because, I mean, you know, we can't even sleep, man. We, we are like, dude, we're getting a full wheeler today. You know what I'm saying? We are pumped. Santa Claus put it in his sleigh, and he dropped it off. I know he did because we asked it, and we were really good over the last couple months to get this four wheeler. And what happened was is that we walked outside, and there it was with a big bow around it. And, like, we were pumped. We're like, yeah, you know, we're jumping, we're, you know, we're chest bumping, and, you know, I'll kiss. I, well, we didn't kiss, but, you know what I mean? He's my brother. We're not like that. Anyway, so, and you know, we're just pumped up, and we, and we get on that thing. And, dude, we rode that thing, like, every single day, all the time, all over the place. We're riding over to people's houses, and, and all our friends, you know, it was a new one, and all our friends were like, you know, they had their four wheels, but our four wheels better. And so, you know, we were like, yeah, you know, we were so pumped about it. But that anticipation, waiting. For this gift, this amazing, amazing gift. was pretty intense. And this is the cool message about Christmas. The truth about Christmas, the true message of Christmas is this. And the title of my message tonight is this. The waiting is over. See, for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years... The Israelites and the Jewish people had been looking and waiting for this Messiah, this Savior, this anointed one, this one that would come. And, and if you and if you look at, at the history of it, if you have a little timeline right here, and right here is, we'll just call this, that's not a, that's a C. We'll call this creation, and 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 then we'll, we'll, just, we'll just say, like, yeah, anyways, and this is time right here. And from the, yeah, I'm not a very good artist. And, uh, so, and so what happened is, is that man, all the prophets all throughout history had been talking about this, this one that would come. This one that would come and deliver the people. This one that would come and deliver God's people. And man, they had been hearing this message for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. And all the anticipation that they had for that generation after generation after generation after generation passed away and died with no fulfilled promise. The anticipation was great. And I mean, I don't I don't know if you got any impatient people in the house. I mean, I can be an impatient person, you know what I'm saying? Like, you you go to Walmart and you buy some stuff and, you know, you go up to the counter and you're waiting there in line, you know, and like two or three people come through and you're like next in line and the person in front of you has like something where like the tag ain't on it, you know, and they have to like push that button and you're like, are you stinking kidding me? You know, and it takes like 40 minutes for like the, the manager lady who just walks over there, I'll go check the price, you know, and she walks back to the back and you're like, are you, I mean, come on, you know, or, or you, you're like, in, you're late for something, any of you guys late for stuff, Y'all late people? Late people? I don't like you. My wife's late. Don't tell I said that, though, because i will be in trouble. Anyways, but my wife's late to stuff. And, I mean, so we're in a hurry everywhere. And it's like every time we get in the car, it's like, boom, traffic jam. You know, gas is empty. Spill a coffee in your lap, like, right when you're in a hurry. And it just seems like every time you're in a hurry And I, just impatient. And I get impatient a lot. Can you imagine how impatient these people were? I mean, they've been waiting hundreds of years. I mean, I can imagine they're like, dude, um, God, I mean, like, like, what's plan B? What's plan B? Like, there's got to be a plan B. And we know that they looked. And we know that they waited. Because when you read the writings, the, the prophets that had written, and they come around uh, four to 300 B.C., it went silent. This is called the intertestamental period. In between, and this is when Jesus came right here, this is called the intertestamental period in between the end of the Old Testament and the beginning of the New Testament, when the end of when God was speaking to the prophets to when Jesus was born, and there is this, this time of silence. And I can imagine these people are like, are you kidding me? Like, I mean, I mean, they are waiting. And if you go and you read the writings that were written through this time, you go and you read the apocryphal writings and and, and the pseudopigra, which we'll explain that some other time. Uh, those writings that were written during this time, I mean, you see them talking about this anticipation. This expectation for this one who was to come. And the, the Greek Septuagint, which was the Greek translation of the Hebrew Old Testament, was written during this time. And you could see the influence or this idea that they would have in their hearts and their minds that there was going to be one that was to come, that was to, to save them, that was to deliver them. Yet, yet nothing ever happened. The Bible tells us that hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. Hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. You know, have you ever been in a situation where, like, man, you were expecting something? You were in anticipation for something, and, and it just kept falling short? I mean, some of you guys, you, maybe you have parents who, who have been feeling this way because maybe they were in a job and they were expecting a raise or expecting a Christmas bonus. Or if you've ever seen Christmas Vacation, which is one of my favorite Christmas movies, you know, and he's, in, in, in he's expecting this bonus. He really wants this bonus and he's going to buy his family a pool and then the, the, the company decides not to send out the bonus for that year. Hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. Maybe for some of you, man, it's the student ministry. You've been faithful to to the point. You've been coming here through the years. And you're like, dude, man, I I just want to see God do something here. I just want to see it grow, man. I just want to see like us encounter Christ in here. I want to see people getting saved. Like I want to see the chairs full in here. I want to see us have to move over to the sanctuary because we can't even fit high school students in this room because of God moving in this place like nobody's business. You know what I'm saying? And and, and it's like, "Man, we're sitting there and we're like, but man, I've been praying. Man, I've been working through it. Man, I've been I've been dealing with this situation. Like, when is that going to happen? Is it ever going to happen?" Is it ever going to happen? Hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. And then you get to Matthew chapter 1. And Matthew's written over here after Jesus' birth, which we, we know that Jesus was born somewhere between 4 and 6 BC. Most scholars believe it was around 4 BC. And you say, well, that's kind of weird because that BC and that before Christ. But the reality is that we know that Herod the Great, who's mentioned in this passage of Scripture, uh, reigned and his reign ended, he died in 4 B.C. So Jesus would have had to have been born before 4 B.C. Anyways, all that to say, Jesus was born around this time. And, and Matthew writes over here, uh, somewhere between 50 and 60 AD. So Matthew's writing after this and listen, Matthew is giving us the story here. Matthew is bridging the gap here. Matthew is making this incredible announcement that the one you have been anticipating, the one who you have been looking for, you have been hopeless, you have been staring at the stars, asking God for hundreds of years, you have become apathetic, many have even walked away from the Lord going, man, God, when are you ever going to come through for me? I just feel like you never come through for me. And you've been staring out there in space going, God, when Are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? The anticipation, the anticipation, and Matthew is giving the announcement that listen, he came. The waiting is over. See, this is what we know about Matthew. Matthew is the perfect book, Matthew is not the oldest. Of the Gospels. Matthew is not the oldest of the New Testament books. The New Testament books are not placed in order from when they were dated or written. But Matthew is the most Jewish of all of the Gospels. And, and it gives us this picture of Jesus being the King of the Jews. And Matthew starts out here and he says, hey listen, you remember those things that the prophets had said? Do you remember all of those things that God had told you? All the promises of the Old Testament? Do you remember those things? Hey, I'm going to highlight those for you here in the first two chapters of my gospel. And I'm here to tell you that the one who came, Jesus, he came and you know you're hopeless and there is no hope and and you're staring out there in space going, man, when is is that deliverer going to come? Well, I'm here to tell you the deliverer is here and the deliverer has came and there is hope. And I want you to notice this. He starts out in Matthew chapter one and he gives this genealogy. And it's kind of, you know, genealogies, when you get to them, they're not, you know, like man this is why is this even here? Well, the reason it's there is they thought that genealogies were a big deal. Where you came from was a big deal. And there are about five different scriptures in the old testament that tell us the lineage of where the messiah was to come from the anointed one was to come from the christ was to come from and it was to come through these different people and matthew starts out and says hey listen before we even get started in this book i want you to know that jesus meets the qualifications of the one that the old testament writers said was going to come And then you get to Matthew chapter 18, and this is where we started last week. And I just want to read through this real quick, and I want to just show you guys, just over and over again, Matthew telling the people, listen, he's came. You remember what the prophets said? Do you remember what they said? He's came. He's here. He is here. There is hope. Look what he says. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they had came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, listen, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, for what is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save the people from their sins. Now look what he says. First prophecy right here. He says, and all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said to the prophet. The prophet Isaiah said this in Isaiah chapter 7, verses 14. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Matthew's like, listen. The one that was born, not only does he fulfill the lineage, but man, Isaiah talked about him. I mean, Isaiah talks about talks about the one that was to come 700 years before he came. I mean, think about it. In that 700-year period, they knew the Scriptures in Isaiah, which said, unto you a child will be born. They, They knew the Scriptures that said, and a virgin will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. They knew those Scriptures, and they had been waiting hundreds of years until Jesus was born. And Matthew says, hey, listen, he's here. And then you keep going, and he says, And when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son and gave him the name Jesus. Now, listen to this. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came from Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who is to be born king of the Jews? Uh, We saw a star in the east and have come to worship him. And then listen to how Herod responds. When Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law and found out from them the exact time that the child was to be born, and he he asked them, uh, as soon as you, I'm sorry, that's what I get for looking away. Called all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them uh, where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what was said to the prophet. And but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd, my people Israel. Another prophecy given here. And as you continue to read through here, there are about six or seven prophecies that are given in the first two chapters of the book of Matthew here that are written. 300 years to 400 years before Christ, written uh, around 650 to 650 to 700 years before Christ. And so we see these prophecies, we see, we see these men of God who, who are telling about this one who is to come, and this anticipation that these people had for this one that was to come, I mean, it was intense. They wanted to know who this Messiah was. They wanted to. See him. They wanted to experience the promises that God had given. And Jesus even talks about it in Luke chapter ten. Jesus is talking to the disciples in Luke chapter ten, and and, and he turns to them. And the Bible says in Luke ten twenty three through twenty five, he says he says to them privately, "Listen to this. Blessed are the eyes, blessed are the eyes that see what you see." For I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see, but did not see it. And to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Jesus is saying, listen guys. Many prophets and many kings, many people for hundreds of years have wanted to see and hear what you guys have seen and and heard. And now it is right in front of you. It is right in front of you. So what? So what? What's the big deal? What's the big deal? Here's the big deal Jesus came. Jesus came. That's the big deal. Jesus came and God fulfilled his promises to his people. The hope that was deferred, that that made their hearts sick, now was made available to everyone who was there. And when you get to Philippians chapter 2, you see this just beautiful passage of Scripture of of what what it meant for Jesus when He came. And I want to read this to you because I think this is so powerful. Listen to what he says in verse 11. I'm sorry, we'll start in verse 6. He's talking about Jesus and he says, Who being in very nature God, Did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And after being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest places and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus came in humility. He comes to a a poor family. And the so what is is that Jesus came. Now there's hope. Now there's hope. And here's the reality, man. Some of you are in here and you're living hopeless lives, meaningless lives, purposeless lives. And as you look at your life, man, and I, man, I, know, I know how it is. I mean, I, I've been there. And some of you are like, man, I'm following God, man. i got a relationship here, and then I'm growing, man. I'm not, I'm not talking to you right now. For those of you that are in here that are, that are living a hopeless life, I'm talking to you, man. I've been there. It wasn't until I was a senior in high school that I gave my life to Christ. And most of my high school life was hopeless, purposeless meaningless i tried to find satisfaction i tried to find find all these things and and find my hope in all of this stuff and find my hope in relationships and find my hope in all of these things and all of that stuff left me empty and i realized man there's some of you that may be in here tonight and you're like dude man my life is hopeless man i don't really see my life going anywhere and you need to know the story of christmas that jesus came that he came to provide hope You say, what is hope? Hope is confident expectation of the future. Confident expectation of the future. It's before Jesus came, there was no hope. There was no expectation for the future. There was no salvation for anyone. There was no way for them to to, to experience a personal relationship with God. There was no hope there. But after Jesus came, now we have confident expectation in the future. And, And hope in the Bible is totally different than how we use it today. Like some of you may say things like, Man, I hope that I live until I'm 100 years old. I mean, that's kind of like this, like, well, well, maybe it'll happen. Hope in the Bible is I know what's going to happen. I'm here to tell you this. I know without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus loves me. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus died on the cross for me, that he was raised again. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that he's coming back to get me so that I can be with him. And I know without a shadow of a doubt, I have hope that he is going to return so that I will go and be with him. If you're here today, man, and you just look at your life and you're like, man, I don't really know. I don't really have that hope. I really don't have that confident expectation of what my future is going to be like. I don't know what that looks like as far as where I'm going. And I want to challenge you tonight. I want to challenge you to surrender your life to Christ to know that He made a way, God made a way for us to find hope through Him. And there's others in here tonight, and I just want to challenge you with this. Maybe there has been some anticipation in your life for, for things that, uh, that have just never happened. Maybe you can relate earlier when I said that You've been praying for the student ministry and you're, you have a heart for the student ministry and, and, and you have this hope for the student ministry. And you just want to see God do something amazing in here. And you're like, man, dude, I'm, I'm ready to throw in the towel. Maybe you have a friend that you've been praying for that you really care about, that you've been inviting to the student ministry every single week over and over and over again and they don't know Christ and and you're concerned about their salvation because I'm here to tell you, man, if you know Jesus and you know about about this hope that has been given, man, you would approach it the same way Matthew did. Dude, I have to tell everybody. I have to tell everyone. I have to let them know that the Messiah came, that the one that they are looking for came. And some of you have friends that are living hopeless, meaningless lives that you walk down the halls with every single day at school, and you have the message. You have the answer. You have Jesus Christ. You know what to tell them. You know what to give them. and, and, And it's your responsibility to give that announcement and give it to him and you've been praying for him and man this is you just feel like man over and over and over again they've denied you man my brother is not a believer my brother is my best friend in the world best friend we're 18 months apart we grew up together we played baseball in high school together we wrestled in high school together i do anything for my brother I've been praying for my brother for 13 years to give his life to Christ. And it breaks my heart, man. I was just at home for Thanksgiving, and we're hanging out, and we're on the drive home, and my my wife, Megan, is just like in tears talking to me saying, man, I just feel so much for your brother. I just love your brother. Like, I just want him to get it. I just want him to see it. Maybe you've been praying for something in your life, man. Maybe you have parents that have broken relationships with each other and you've been praying that those things get back together or whatever. I don't know what it is, but you know what I'm talking about. If you have something in your life like that and hope deferred makes the heart grow sick, that's what the scriptures tell us and I know that. But I'm here to tell you, man, I have hope. I have hope that one day my brother will come to know Christ. I have hope that one day this student ministry will be in that sanctuary over there. And they're going to have to build another sanctuary even bigger to hold the students that we have in this student ministry because God is going to do a work in here that's going to blow our stinking minds. And I have a hope that you guys are going to fall in love with Jesus and that you're going to make a difference. And I'm, I, just, I just have that hope. And I'm going to pray for that. And I'm going to ask for God's favor for that. So I just want to have the band come up, and they're going to close us out in a song tonight. And as they close us out, this is, this is the challenge I want to lay before you. It's been a crazy week. I've been in a ton of meetings. It's my first week in the office, and my brain feels like it's in 100 different places. But, and so I hope that half of that was communicated in a way that you understand. But let me just let, let, me just let it out there. This is my challenge to you tonight, man. If you're here tonight and you don't have hope, man. You don't have a relationship with Christ. You don't know what it means to have that relationship. Maybe you just have questions. You're like, dude, I want want to know more about that. Man, I want to challenge you to come and talk to one of the leaders. I want to challenge you, even right now in your seat, to just pray and just say, God, man, I don't really know what to say. But I realize that, man, I got stuff in my life that is meaningless. I got sin in my life. And I realize that that sin separates me from God. And, and, and because of that, man, I, I just need to be restored to relationship with Him. And I'm just here to tell you, man, there's only one way to God, and that is through Jesus. I mean, one way to God, Jesus. Everything on this side of Jesus is hopeless. Everything on this side of Jesus is full of hope. John 14, 6 says, I am the, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Jesus is the way to God. If you're here tonight, man, and you've never surrendered your life to Christ, I want to challenge you tonight to do that. I want to challenge you to make, be bold and say, man, I need that hope. And then if you're here tonight and you're like, dude, I just have some major, major prayer requests in my life right now. I got some situations where I just need hope in. And honestly, I am about to throw in the towel. I'm about to throw in the towel in my relationships with my parents. I'm about to throw in the towel with some of my friendships. I'm about to throw in the towel with this youth group. I'm about to throw in the towel. I mean, whatever it may be. I don't know what it is, but you know what it is. And I just want to challenge you tonight as as we're in here tonight as we do this next song, I want to challenge you, man, just to come up here and get on your faces and pray and ask God to move. Ask God to meet your need. And I'm going to be up here on my face praying for my brother. And I'm going to pray that my brother comes to know Christ. And I'll never stop praying because I have hope. And I may have to wait. I may have to wait a long time But, dude, I'm going to pray hard. So as we close tonight, I just want to pray. And then after I pray, I just want to ask you guys to respond to the Lord. And maybe you need to go find a spot in this room and just get on your faces and pray to God. Maybe you need to come down here to the altar. Maybe you need to go find a leader and talk with a leader uh, before our small group time. Uh, And maybe you just need to sit in your seat and just close your eyes or stand up and sing, whatever you want to do. But I just want to challenge you right now in this time. Father, we thank you so much for tonight. Thank you that your word remains true. We thank you, Lord, that as we have been, we have been in a privileged position to have lived on this side of grace. I think about the fact that if you did not come, there would be no Christmas There would be no church. There would be no point. There would be no forgiveness and there would be no grace. But you came. You came. Hope came. The most important event in all of history was that you came and you went to the cross to take away the sins of the world. And you rose from the dead and defeated sin and death so that we can have a relationship with you. And I just pray, God, if there's anyone in here tonight that needs that forgiveness and that grace that you provide through Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, that they would do that tonight. And if there's anyone in here that just has some stuff going on in their lives right now, maybe there's just some situations they need hope in. Maybe it's situations that they've even given up on. I just ask, Lord, that that they would lay those down at your feet because I know what your word says, and your promises are still true, and your word says that we have not because we ask not. Your word says that if we remain in you, and your words remain in us, ask whatever we wish, and it'll be given to us. Your word tells us that if we delight ourselves in you, you will give us the desires of our heart. Your word tells us that you answer prayer, and God, we believe that, and we believe that tonight as we come before you in prayer. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Used to be for creation, carried the cross for my shame. Used to be for endlessness, my soul now exists in. Used to be.
0: what it's about, man. It's about proclaiming that all that I am is yours. You know, when I just think about it, I'm like, man, all of those people before Jesus came would have killed to have seen and heard what Jesus brought. And now on this side of it, we've seen and heard. And we know because the word of God is truth and the word of God tells us about salvation and the word of God tells us that we can have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And there are so many people that you guys encounter every single day that have not seen and heard and are hopeless without Christ. And I want to challenge you, man, challenge you to not take that for granted, to take the message of the gospel. God has given us the message of the gospel to take to the nations of the world and He has placed our responsibility on every single one of us. And I want to challenge you to take the gospel, to take the gospel into your schools, in your families, in your neighborhoods, on your sports teams, and take it for yourself so that it can counter, so they can change your life. It can change your life. This is what I know, that if you don't have hope, then you don't have Christ. As we break out and we go into our our small group time tonight, man, I just want to encourage all of you, man, just just to take advantage of that time. Take advantage of that small group time, man. Really just... Open up and share your heart, man. Talk about your struggles. Talk about the things that are going on in your life. Man, be real with each other because here's the reality. Every single one of us in this room, we got junk in our life. We got stuff in our life that we need accountability for. We got stuff in our life that we need to talk about and get on the table. And if if someone is in here and you think you're perfect, man, let me tell you something. <laughs>